Hey, I'm Pastor Chuck. Uh, this is Pastor Devin. And today we are commissioning Brett as pastor here. And so we are the pastors here at TFRC. Uh, this morning, we are bringing back the three-headed monster, where all three of us uh, give the message together. Uh, this is the first time that the three of us are doing this. And so we're excited about it. Um, and uh, we're just looking forward to this. Uh, the passage for this morning is Romans 5 verses 15 to 19. You can turn there in your Bibles if you have it with you, or just look it up on your phones. Uh, you may have noticed a domino theme uh, this morning. As you arrived this morning, all of you should have received a domino. Um, there are dominoes here on the stage, and the kids, you may have noticed, had shirts, domino shirts and signs. Um, we are launching our series called The Domino Effect. When we are faithful, to our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a domino effect to that faithfulness. Um, faith doesn't begin and end with us. We receive the faith from someone and we pass our faith on to someone. And when we are faithful, there is this domino effect that happens. Have you ever considered the impact of your faithfulness? Um, our scripture reader for this morning is Erica Fister, and so Erica, go and make your way into the podium there. I'm going to ask that if you're able to please stand and face the podium where she'll be reading scripture from. Um, we read from the middle-ish here because scripture is to be central. It is the primary lens of our faith, and we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so Erica, whenever you are ready, please read from Romans chapter 5, verses 15 to 19. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign, through, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. Erica, thank you very much. You may be seated. Well, uh, dig digging into our passage this morning, uh, it shows the impact that one person can have on the world. Uh, we're shown from the get-go that Adam had an incredible impact on the world. It transcends and supersedes that first mistake, that first action that had such a great effect on the world. One act of Jesus took us from being condemned to righteous 
from being judged to justified and from being brought from death to life. The last verse or one of the last verses in Romans 19 says, for just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. Jesus's one act of righteousness led to a domino effect of many coming to faith. That was true then, and it continues to be true to this day for thousands of years following. You know, Brad, I think about that part in the passage where it says, judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, and the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. You know, and as you pointed out, the gift, it outweighs the trespass. The gift transforms the outcome of the trespass. So when the gift and the trespass come into conflict with each other, while well, the gift wins. Jesus' obedience outweighs our disobedience. And that's good news because we're pretty disobedient. It's easy also for us to be discouraged with what is happening in our world, all the disobedience around us. But the world has always been disobedient to God. Um, the challenges the world presents us are not new. There is nothing new under the sun. So don't let the disobedience of the world discourage um, your faith. The gift wins over the trespass. Jesus' obedience outweighs our disobedience and the disobedience of the world. In other words, Jesus wins. Well, and all of these verses that we're reading about this morning in Romans center around the gift. They're framed around the gift. Our justification, the righteousness of Christ in order that we might have life. And so as I, as I think about this passage, what I think is so important to recognize is that as we grow in faith, that it is indeed a gift, and that that gift is given to us in sheer grace, meaning that it's, there's no stipulation on that gift. There's no... Uh, expectation of uh, restitution, but that it is actually truly gifted to us. However, while it is a gift, that doesn't mean that there wasn't a cost, because in actuality that cost was an infinite one. It was an amazing sacrifice that when we begin to understand it, because we can only begin to understand it, it changes our lives. It changes the way in which we live our lives, because if it doesn't, then we don't truly understand the message of the gospel. And rather than receiving that gift and that transformational grace, we're living into something that uh, the great theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer called cheap grace, meaning that uh, it's something where uh, we think that we can live however we want because grace is free, that we can live however we choose to. But that's a fraudulent form of grace. Uh, but when we begin to recognize that costliness, the price that was paid on our behalf, how we live our lives will drastically change. It'll drastically be reshaped because we understand what it means for us to confess that, you know what, I'm not my own, but belong body and soul to Jesus Christ. That I am a child of God. And this brings us to the second point for this morning, and that when we begin to live a transformed life in Christ, the power, hope, and love of Christ will shine forth through us in amazing ways. And Jesus, uh, when he's giving the Sermon on the Mount in 
uh, Matthew, he describes what this transformational living looks like. He says, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And when he's doing this, he's expressing what it means for us to be in relationship with the world around us. And Jesus is such an amazing teacher in his ability to take uh, uh, practical and tangible things and use them as metaphors. And so in the first century, salt's main purpose was to preserve and disinfect. And it was especially used for meat. So it would be rubbed into the meat in order to kill any bacteria, to slow down decay. And so Jesus uses this metaphor of salt with Christian living. And so if we think about the purpose of salt in the first century, that it was meant to penetrate, disinfect, and prevent decay, if we think about that, uh, Jesus says we are to be salty. <laughs> now, we wouldn't usually think about being salty as a good thing, right? But we are to be salty. We are to go out into this world. So Christians will work to stop and prevent decay, to preserve what is good in this world. And Jesus says if salt loses its saltiness, it's no longer good for anything. So as Christians, if we lose our moral compass or if we uh, fail to live uh, biblically obedient lives or to exercise our faith properly, we lose our effectiveness and this world will fall more and more into decay. So Christian, for us as Christians, we won't, actually, we won't hide from this world. We won't try to be apart from this world or avoid it. But... Uh, we'll actually go into this world. We'll pursue this world to be involved in it, like an active ingredient, if you will, in order to work against that decay, to step into the messiness, into the rawness of life, just like Jesus did. Because he surely did not try to avoid it like the Pharisees did, did he? No, he, he went into the messiness. He was in the middle of it all the time. So if we're a salty congregation, that's actually a good thing. We want Twin Falls and the communities beyond to know that we are a salty congregation, that we don't just show up here on Sunday mornings and then go on our way, but that we are working for the good of this community, that we are out and we are that active ingredient, uh, showing people that there's something different about us, something hopeful about being a part of this community. And so Jesus, he, he gives this metaphor of salt and then he shifts his posture because uh, he uses salt almost as a metaphor in a defensive tone, right? Where it's about disinfecting, preserving, and preventing. But now he shifts to this almost more offensive tone in which he describes light. And Jesus, uh, again, Jesus is taking what is at his disposal. And as he's giving the Sermon on the Mount, there's a city behind him up on a hill. And he says, you are the light of the world. Because light illuminates so Jesus calls us to be light, to shine forth with our good deeds. And through our good deeds, he says, God will be glorified. Our Father in heaven will be glorified. And so when, when, you, uh, so when people see you out in this world, because you're out there and being active in the community or at work or school or wherever you may be, that you are then both salt and light. Salt meaning you're standing firm in your faith. You're stepping into those messy spaces and those hard-to-reach places. You're preserving what is good amidst the bad. And then you're a light shining out. You're a beacon of hope for others. It's the ability for us to step into those situations, to lift someone's chin up, and to point them to something that's hopeful. To point them to something that is eternally hopeful. A true hope that we have 
through the power of Jesus Christ and the domino effect that he had on the cross, as Brent described. It sets off that chain reaction that's now at work in each and every one of us when we are the active ingredient out in the community. And so that's what we're able to offer, that when we are active in our faith, the power and hope and love of Jesus Christ will shine forth through us, transforming the lives of others in unexpected and spectacular ways that we can't even imagine. And that is the domino effect that each and every one of us can have. I think that sometimes we can forget or maybe even neglect this calling to be salt and light. Instead of diving into a world and preserving what is good or to bring light into the darkness, we find ourselves being like salt stored in a salt silo where we're just with everyone else that's just like us. But when we do that, we neglect our calling. Or maybe instead of being a light in a dark place, we're like a lamp placed in a room already illuminated with other lamps. We are not called to just be together. We are called to go out and be an example. Salt does not serve its purpose if it's sitting lumped together with all the other salt. To make a difference, to live into that calling, we have to get out into the world. And the same concept is true with being a light. If we're only bringing more light to a room that is already bright, then we're just wasting power. We must be willing to get out and be preserving salt. We have to bring light to a dark world and not be so comfortable in our community of faith that we never branch out and make a difference in the world. When we do this, we are not to be of the world, but we are set apart in it. You know, thinking about you know, what you and Devin are, are saying, um, Jesus did say to his disciples, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. I would apply that same concept to obedience. A small amount of obedience can make a big impact. A little salt, a little light can make a big difference. When was the last time you did something simply because you were being obedient to Jesus? You know, it's easy to follow Jesus when it benefits us, but what about when it doesn't? Jesus will bless our efforts to be obedient, even if those efforts don't seem to be very much. Jesus can make a little salt and a little light go a long way. Obedience to Jesus is never, is never a small thing. It's always a big deal. When was the last time you did something simply because you were being obedient to Jesus? What is something that you could do this week simply out of obedience to Jesus? There is this domino effect when we are obedient to Jesus. Ephesians 3 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work with us, within us. And Jesus said, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. 
Now, that's hard to believe that disciples of Jesus could do greater things than Jesus did in his earthly ministry. How's that possible? But they did because of the power that was at work within them. On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and Peter addressed the crowd on Pentecost. There were Jews there from all over the Roman Empire and beyond. 3,000 came to faith after Peter preached. And that wasn't the end because those 3,000 would take their new faith home with them and spread the good news of their faith wherever they would go. Peter's message had a domino effect. Or when Saul went from persecuting Christians to becoming one, the church didn't trust him. But Barnabas, he took a step of obedience and welcomed him. And Saul eventually studied with some of the disciples. Eventually his name was changed to Paul. And he became one of the most significant missionaries of all time. He wrote a large portion of the New Testament. Barnabas welcoming Paul into the church had a domino effect. Paul wrote a letter to a man named Philemon about Philemon's slave who ran away and who Paul came to know. And the slave's name was Onesimus. And Paul encouraged Philemon to free Onesimus so that he could work with Paul. Fifty years later, when a bishop named Ignatius is being taken to Rome to be killed because of his faith, on the way, the bishop of Ephesus comes to encourage him. And the bishop of Ephesus, his name was Onesimus. Paul's plea to Philemon had a domino effect. Amazingly, Peter and Barnabas and Paul and the rest of the early church, they had no idea of the domino effect of their obedience. The world has never been the same because of them. The disciples of Jesus did greater things than Jesus did in his earthly ministry because of the power that was at work in them. And we, we continue in their steps because of the power that is at work in us. The disciples had no idea of the domino effect of their obedience, and neither do we. If you were a part of the summer serve earlier this summer, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. When you volunteer at the Mustard Seed or Sage's Women's Center, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. When you invite someone to church, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. When you greet or usher here, something that seems very simple, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. When you volunteer in children's ministry or youth ministry, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. When you are part of the worship team or tech team, or when you engage in women's ministry or men's ministry, or when you engage in the young and hard ministry, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. When you help out with Monday night or Wednesday night, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. We are not talking about random acts of kindness. We are talking about intentional acts of obedience. Out in the community, when you demonstrate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, you don't know the domino effect of your obedience. 
When I was 19, 20 years old, not feeling really good about the impact of my faith, a lady to who this day I don't know who she was, she said to me, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna do good things for Christ. When she said that, she had no idea of the power of that statement. For 30 years, I have leaned on that statement in countless times of discouragement. We don't know the domino effect of our obedience, even a simple phrase of encouragement. Well, Chuck, and that reminds me of something that's especially pertinent right now for uh, this congregation and that we have, uh, we have a team from this church that's currently over overseas at a Persian ministry conference for Words of Hope. And uh, as I'm thinking about what you're saying, um, I used to, used to work for Words of Hope as well, and I went to that conference once, and uh, the gentleman who leads that is from the country of Iran, and he's become a good friend of mine. And uh, when he shares his testimony, he shares this amazing story about a domino effect, and that he describes the magnitude of his gratitude uh, to the gentleman that shared the gospel with him, because in Iran it is extremely dangerous to talk about Jesus, to talk about the gospel. But this this man stepped out courageously and shared the gospel uh, with this friend of mine. And and uh, what he'll say is he'll say the man who stepped out in faith didn't just save me, but because he was willing to take that courageous step in faith, he saved my wife. He saved my parents, my brother, my sister, my future kids and my future grandkids, and every other person that I now share the gospel with. This man stepped out in faith and shared it with one person. He had the courage to do that, and because he did that, all of these other people are now hearing about Jesus Christ and being saved because this one man took that courageous step. And that's the domino effect that we can have, and we have no idea what God is setting into motion through us, and we have no idea the impact we can have for His kingdom when we step out in faith. Yeah, Pastor Saeed's story is just so amazing, and, and it involved taking a courageous step, someone being willing to take that courageous step to share the gospel with Him. But intentional act of faithfulness doesn't have to be this courageous, crazy step. Uh, sometimes it means taking a simple yet intentional stand. I just want to speak really quick to parents, children. Imagine the domino effect that could happen if you were to do something as simple as making the commitment to not let your sports schedules take priority over your involvement in the community of faith. It would communicate how Jesus has transformed our priorities. It would preserve what is good and it would make you a light that stands out amidst the darkness. You might have to miss the occasional practice. Maybe, heaven forbid, you miss a game. But what message would that send? What kind of impact would that make in this valley if we were to be the set-apart church that didn't compromise? Imagine the domino effect that that faithfulness could have. Maybe there's other families that feel the same way and they jump in on the action. Maybe there's a teammate or a parent that wants to learn more about that faith in Jesus you have that makes you different. Maybe 
There's enough people that get on board that the fruit of your lifestyle creates a cultural change in the valley. And all of a sudden, we now prioritize going to youth group, going to Wednesday nights, going to church, being in a pulse group. And just radical things start to happen around this church. We don't know the domino effect that our faithfulness could lead to. The gift is greater than the trespass. The domino effect of the gift is greater than that of the trespass. The evil one doesn't want us to think that we can make a difference. And the truth is, the domino effect is more than we can imagine. The gospel is real. The gospel changes everything. The gospel has had a domino effect for 2,000 years. What could the domino effect be through us if we were biblically obedient and spirit-led and a safe haven and led people to Jesus and lived visibly different lives and bridged gap, both spiritual and relational, and were future-focused and ever-expanding? What could the domino effect of that through us be? Uh, you all should have received a domino this morning. Uh, people were telling me, the people who are hand on mount, telling me some of you requested a certain kind. Just, you get what you get, it's fine, okay? Um, but all of you should have gotten one. If you didn't get one, please make sure you pick one up before you leave this morning. Um, take it home. Take it to your work. Take it with you to school. Place it somewhere that you will see it. Um, I have mine on a bookshelf in my office. And for the next eight weeks, we are going to try to imagine what the domino effect to our obedience to Jesus could look like. So every time you see the domino that we've given you, remember, remember that God can use even the simplest act of obedience to ripple throughout generations. Please pray with me. Lord, again, we thank you for the gift and how it covers all of our trespasses. And Lord, I would ask that you would encourage us. Do not let the enemy discourage us, but encourage us, open our eyes to see the possibility of what a simple act of obedience could do this week. And Lord, give us the encouragement and strength and perseverance to do just that. To be people of faith who believe that we can do even greater things than Jesus did in his earthly ministry because of the power that is at work within us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. May the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by grace forgave us eternal encouragement um, and good hope encourage our hearts and strengthen us in every good deed and word. Go in peace.